Hey, Kev, let's let's follow this trail over here. This looks like there might be something waiting down there. All right. Hey, wait a minute. Do you hear that? Yeah, I thought it was just me. What the heck is that? I don't know what that is. Whoa, do you smell that, too? That's unbelievable. Hey, look. What the? Hey, look, those, those branches are moving over there. What the heck is that? Holy cow, is that what I think it is? Look at that thing. It, oh my god. It's a freaking Sasquatch. Welcome to the Bigfoot Terror in the Woods Sightings and Encounters podcast. I am your host, W.J. Sheehan. Hello, everybody, and once again, welcome to our show. I am the author, if you do not know me, of a series of books entitled Bigfoot Terror in the Woods, Sightings and Encounters, all available at Amazon in paperback and ebook. And volumes one through eight are available at Audible, iTunes, and Amazon as well. So please partake of 40 or 50 books, if you don't mind. I'd like to welcome you to our Halloween show. And as I do so, may I bring in my brother and co-host, K.J. Sheehan. Hey, Kev, how are you? <laughs> little indigestion, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Happy Halloween. <laughs> oh, oh, it starts early, doesn't it? <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, you know, uh, I picked out a really creepy account for today, uh, certainly apropos uh, for the theme of the weekend. I'm sure you've got something up your sleeve over there in uh, our other oddities, cryptids and other oddities segment. Let's just say we won't be talking about puppies and kittens. (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, Kev, you know I live across the street from a little grammar school, and... uh, the kids come out and play in the parking lot. I don't know why they don't go into the schoolyard, uh, but lots of times they play in the parking lot. The teachers bring them out in groups, and they have cones set up like to keep them all huddled together in one area. And uh, yesterday they were out in uh, costumes. Ah. With, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it just reminded me of... Uh, when we were a kid, you know, it was simpler then. You know, we would go down to, like, uh, in Lake Ronkonkoma, we'd go down to Ronk- Ronkonkoma Stationers, uh, and they'd have those cheap made-in-Japan costumes and boxes. You remember them, right? Oh, yeah, like it was a flat box with the clear plastic window, and the, you could see the mask, like the plastic mask, yeah. through the through the plastic window, and the costume was under that. That's right. And see, so you, like, you had the highfalutin <laughs> costumes with mom and dad. I'm still traumatically scarred. I remember my first uh, 
elementary school, uh, what they called it, the Halloween parade, right? Which was probably what you were witnessing. And mom uh-huh. had me dress up as this bird with this paper bag <laughs> costume. <laughs> do you remember that? <laughs> I, Kev, I do remember. I, I don't remember that, but I do remember you dressed up like a little scarecrow. Okay, all right. That was better than the paper bag bird. <laughs> it comes up. It comes up in therapy sessions through the years. <laughs> yeah, you remember? Yeah, the mother always says, "Oh, you look so handsome." You look so handsome like, in this brown paper bag bird costume. <laughs> it wasn't even a crow or a or a bird of prey. It was, <laughs> You're like a sparrow. A sparrow. A I was going to say, not even a blue jay or something. It was It was like a, a little songbird. Oh, you're so cute. Not to mention it was a paper bag. <laughs> the humiliation. The br- a brown paper bag. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, back in the day, right? I mean, it was pretty common for people to... Uh, Make up a costume. Oh, yeah, you know, no mom, doubt about it. Uh, a lot of the moms back then had an actual sewing machine and knew how to use it. And uh, uh, anyways, I'm just watching the kids. Yes, <laughs> they're jumping around. They're having a ball. They're not worried about anything. They're just frolicking around in the lot. And the teacher blows a whistle and everybody kind of hops and skips back in line and they walk back into the classroom, you know. So more uh, more ghoulish costumes or more happy costumes? Well, you know, they were a, a real mixed variety. And, of course, they're out playing, so they yeah. had their, like, masks up on the top of their head, like, you know, how yeah, you do yeah, that yeah. so you can breathe. And, yeah. Uh, but it was just, it's just cool to, to re-experience what it was to be a kid. Hmm. I mean, I'm not wearing a costume now. I, I don't even really get trick-or-treaters in this neighborhood because the houses are far apart. It's not a uh, a neighborhood conducive to a good candy collection. Right. <laughs> you want to maximize your effort. Yeah, that's my, that's my neighborhood, by the way. They come in and park outside the neighborhood and cruise through. Now, we'll see this year, you know, with... Uh, I mean, hopefully we got a good number of trick-or-treaters. I don't want to eat all that candy that we have, so. No, no. <laughs> uh. But I was asking you about the type of costume, because we're going to talk about that a little bit here in Cryptids in the News and Other Oddities. Excellent, excellent. How about it? All right. So we're going to start by talking about um, uh, an old uh, Celtic costume that uh, is called Samhain, which you've probably mm-hmm. heard of before. Some yeah. people, it's written as Sam Hain, but if there's any uh, folks in Ireland listening, please understand I'm not pronouncing it that way. It's Samhain. So, uh, <laughs> but this festival is, is most closely linked to the origins of modern Halloween. 
Now, we're going to talk about a couple of things related to Samhain today. One is, you know, just the uh, the festival. Um, and then we're going to talk about these caves that are over in Ireland today. And they've been there for a couple of thousand years uh, from, from the time of the early Celts. And the caves are viewed to be like a portal into the underworld that opens up during the festival of Samhain. Have you read about these? I have not, but oh. anytime we talk about opening some something up that was closed, you're in for trouble. I'm telling you, I'm going to put the links on our website, BigfootTerrorInWoods.com, under this episode, episode 123. And, uh, Bill, I've been to Ireland many times, as you know, and I did not know about these caves. And uh, they are super creepy. Um, and uh-huh. they're still there. Like, wow. so you can walk down in them. Of course, the portal is closed, except for this evening when it opens up. <laughs> and then, and then we'll talk. We'll talk a little bit um, where I was going with the costumes. Is that back in this day when they would have the festival of Samhain? You know, going all the way back a couple of thousand years, they would the they were trying to lure these spirits from the underworld through the portal, and I'll talk about why in a minute. Um, and then the other folks. The normal folks would be they would dress up like ghouls and goblins and spirits because when these evil uh, creatures came through the portal, they wanted to not be recognized as a human from the upper surface of the world, but they wanted the other ghouls to think that they were just part of the ghoulish party so that the ghouls didn't bother them. Isn't that freaking strange? I know. I never heard of this before, Bill. And it's like, um, it makes sense. But if you were dressed up like, uh, you know, Woody from Toy Story, well, the ghouls would, uh, (laughs) they (laughs) wouldn't mistake you. They wouldn't mistake you for a ghoul. (laughs) Hey, it looks like a ghoul. Keep going. Let's find somebody else. So, wow, so uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so let's start. We'll talk a little bit more about the Festival of Samhain. So um, this is, uh, you know, again, celebrated by the Celts. And the Celts lived a couple of thousand years ago, mostly in an area that's now Ireland and uh, the rest of the United Kingdom and parts of northern France as well. And if the Celts' New Year was on November 1st. And it marked, like many of the ancient festivals, you know, the end of the season. Okay. And in this particular case, the end of the summer for them and the end of the harvest and the beginning of a dark and cold winter. And of course, back then, Bill, you know, even back 500 years ago, you know, the 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 dark, cold winter coming often was associated with death. And yeah. extreme hardship. You know, that's when most people got sick and they starved and froze to death and whatever. You know, all yeah. a lot of bad things happened in the wintertime. Um, yeah. yeah. So these, these uh, Celtic priests um, or the Druids, uh, they would um, be trying to predict what the weather would be like. Um, going forward into the winter and in, then into the coming spring. 
And, you know, it seems strange now. I mean, sure, certainly we turn on the Weather Channel or we open up an app on our phone to see, you know, what kind of jacket we should wear or if we should go fishing this weekend or, you know, or if it's going to pour. But they wanted to forecast the weather to see if they were going to live or die and, you know, be able to grow crops or not. So they would try to get any advantage that they could in terms of making predictions about the future. So on, uh, you know, this last day of the year, what we now know as Halloween, now know as Halloween, October 31st, they would have these bonfires and uh, um, make sacrifices of animals and crops and things like that to try to lure out these unnatural creatures from the underworld, thinking that it would give them a better advantage on predicting the future, right? If there was more magic around them, then they would be able to uh, have better powers to predict the future. It's unbelievable, you know? I mean, really. Pretty strange, <laughs> really, right? It is strange, you know? And, and, and when we talk about magic and all this stuff, the mindset of the people was just like really off, you know, uh, particularly these Celts at the time. You know, we have Celtic blood in us. Yes. Uh, we're nowhere near these people now, uh, you and I, but at the time, jeez, man, you know. Yeah, I should have uh, said uh, these were our early relatives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's, come, let's, let's go make a bonfire and invite some ghouls out of the caves. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, super, on. super creepy, right? And it gets a little creepier too, because part of this tradition of having a bonfire was there would be, be this one large bonfire. So on October 31st, all of the people, you know, not that they had nice houses like we have today, but they had, you know, whatever shelter they had, they would have a fire that they typically kept going, right? Like it would keep them warm, they could cook on it and things like that. And everyone right. would have to extinguish their hearth fire, as they call it, uh, for that day. Uh, and then the bonfire where they were making all of the sacrifices and stuff was the only fire in the area. So you can imagine, too, the whole place would be pretty darn dark and creepy, more creepy than normal, right? right and then right. they start sacrificing animals, sacrificing crops, stuff like that, luring these ghouls out through the portal, and uh, everybody's dressed up like ghouls so that the ghouls don't think that they're not ghouls. <laughs> I mean, a total, total creep fest. And you can imagine what some of these... Uh costumes uh that they they had to have oh, made them up absolutely uh, you didn't maybe they were made out of uh leaves and uh antlers and wood uh yeah maybe smudging their face with uh charcoal dust or mud or something you know absolute creep fest yeah yeah unbelievable right, right. so so um in the middle of Ireland, okay, um, just kind of east of uh, Limerick, but in the in the landlocked part of Ireland, uh, there's a, a cave there called Onagat Cave. That's the best I can do at pronouncing it. Onagat, and it means uh -huh. cave of the cats. Huh. Yeah, and they say that this cave there is the birthplace of the Samhain festival. 
So huh. it goes all the way back. And uh, that's uh, there was this big kind of, you know, they don't call it a temple. Some of the some of the readings talk about it as a temple. Some of them talk about it as a fort. Um, and I'll put a picture of it up on our website. But nearest I could tell it was like a very large meeting place. And it's kind of this conical earthen structure that was there. And it was very close to these uh, Anagat caves, which were also called, get this, Bill, the uh-huh. Gate to Hell. Nice. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know. Well, you know, apropos name, you know, it wasn't like Blueberry Lane or something, you know. Yeah, well, the you know, gate to hell. Just in case Cave of Cats wasn't creepy enough and you didn't kind of get it, it was like, oh, gate to hell. Now I got it. I think I got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, this place Sowen or the name Sowen. Yeah. I wonder if that's where the uh, name sauerkraut came from that I like to put on my dirty water hot dogs. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> sauerkraut, sauerkraut and relish? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not it's the, the last same. Thing you, it's the last thing you eat before you go into the gate of hell. <laughs> uh, what a horrible freaking thing. Not to the uh, same. Not the same place. <laughs> but basically, so they'd have this festival, Bill, and then uh, when you go over there and you can see this cave now, there's like a heritage site there, a world heritage site, and there's something uh, called a, a south terrain, which uh, nearest I could tell is like a long uh, hallway that leads into the cave just under the ground. You know, it's kind of like five five feet under the ground, this walkway, and it's 30 meters long. And then it wa- you walk into this chamber that's there, and that's believed to be where the gates of hell open up uh, once a year on what we now call Halloween. Wow. You know, and Kev, these people were naming these things. Talk about an invitation. You know, they were calling things uh, by name, kind of like, uh, you know, it's no different than sitting down at a Ouija board and asking something to come and visit you. You know, well, yeah, these these druid, you know, these druids were, in fact, like I mentioned, you know, doing all of this stuff to call out these spirits and they were trying right. to harness these spirits to help them forecast the future which you right. know you talk about playing playing with bad things <laughs> yeah it yeah. doesn't get I, well I'm, I'm sure it could get worse than that but you know for this well, podcast just, that's that's as bad as it gets yeah i mean you know you you're calling them in and then what do you say okay thanks for the info now go back into the gates of hell okay we're yeah. done with you come back next Alan. hey see ya <laughs> there's no humans here we're all ghouls we're all ghouls we'll all be following you right back into the gates of hell unbelievable but but bill you were saying you weren't wearing costumes anymore so i'm kind of suggesting to you and the rest of our listeners <laughs> you might want to dress up like a ghoul on halloween you know just to protect yourself in case like one of those ghouls you see walking by the house is a real ghoul 
Um, you want them to be like, hey, man, howdy. How's it going? Oh, all good here. <laughs> what, what's your costume? I'm just a filthy animal. <laughs> See any good sacrifices? Not yet. I'm looking, though. <laughs> Unbelievable. So I guess these people would then take... Uh, uh, a bit of the fire back to their dwelling from the bonfire. That's exactly it. And then they would have this, uh, you know, kind of sacred fire that would uh-huh. light light their uh, dwellings, you know, for lack of uh-huh. a better description, for the rest of the year. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about spiritual ignorance. <coughs> Excuse me. This is what... Uh, uh, you know, the forerunners of church, the church were up against when they were going into these lands, just like talking to these people. You imagine showing up on the night they were having their bonfire, everybody dressed as ghouls. <laughs> you know, St. Patrick walking across the field. Hey, there, how you doing? And they all turned to look at him like, ah! <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. Absolutely. But, you know, talking about Christianity, Bill, you know, some of the early popes, they they uh, saw this uh, uh, Celtic festival of Samhain because it's, you know, a really well-known festival back then, too. And they uh, then they made uh, All Souls Day. Right. November 1st today to coincide Mm -hmm. With with uh, Samhain or what we would now call Halloween uh, right, or right. All Hallows Eve before it became right. Halloween. And um, and they they made it a religious uh, Christian day the next day. All Souls right, Day. Right. Right. So, right. To c- kind of introduce uh, something better. Yeah. Like you're celebrating people. you're celebrating those that have passed. And that's certainly better than luring people through the gates of hell. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, yeah, they they were working on trying to sway the mindset of the people into a better way. Exactly, exactly. You know, Here's this day that's been there on. for thousands of years. How can we turn that into something that's a little bit better? And then, of course, today we still have uh, uh, All Souls Day or All Saints Day on uh November 1st. And uh, for us, when people are listening to this podcast, um, it will be Halloween and they'll have their little trick or treaters walking around with plastic pumpkins, you know, and you can drop your treats in. And maybe in between those, there will be some ghouls from the underworld. That's why I think you should get a costume <laughs> and wear it just in case. <laughs> and don't dress up like Woody or Buzz from uh, Toy Story. <laughs> Like that's not going to scare anybody. I I wouldn't be Woody or Buzz anyway, you know. (laughs) In fact, I'd like to throw Woody into the bonfire. (laughs) You might be more like uh, Dirty Harry, Harry Callahan. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) little sport jacket on. Sport jacket on. Forty-four Magnum in the shoulder holster. (laughs) Little snarl on your lips. You got to ask yourself, punk. Do I feel lucky? Right. Was it five or was it six? In all the excitement, I kind of lost count myself. Yeah. When he pulled the trigger on that dude across the football field, that was classic. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, Bill. So that is that is Salin and the origins of Halloween. All right. Well, that may have been Samhain, but it ain't over. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I have here is going to rattle your cage, friends. <laughs> and this following multifaceted, bizarre encounter was told to me by Preston Axelrod, a 76-year-old hunter from the state of Oregon. Did I say that right? I think you said it right. I think you said it right. Are you a ghoul or is this my brother? Yes, no, I'm a ghoul. (laughs) When Bill's back, he'll say it correctly. Oregon! (laughs) This... (laughs) Maybe I'll wear a costume that looks like the shape of the state of Oregon, and I'll just keep saying it improperly. I think you could make one out of a brown paper bag. (laughs) 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 All right. (laughs) All right, regroup. You're supposed to be creepy. (laughs) Yeah, I'm getting creepy. Don't worry about that. Uh, This is what Preston had to say. It was early in the fall of 1997 that what I am about to share with you transpired. I expect nobody to believe me. Nevertheless, the entirety of what I'm about to say did happen and in the exact fashion which I will convey it to you, Bill, and your readers. I was solo hunting in the hill country of my state on what was a dreary day at best, with a soaking drizzle falling from the sky since about 5 a.m. up until about 7 a.m., I hadn't seen anything worth bragging about and had sat down on a big old log to take a breather and have a smoke. What does breathing have to do with smoking? You'll have to ask another smoker to get your answer. So anyway, there I sat, looking around in the mist and planning in my mind what my next move would be. It was then that my eyes caught a glimpse of what appeared to be a somewhat triangular dark shape in the woods about 50 yards away from me. The more I focused on this shape, the more confused I became. It was moving, and I couldn't make out for the life of me what it would be. So I stood up to walk over and have a look. After about the first 10 or 15 yards, I now thought what I was seeing was a black drop cloth hanging on a stump or something to that effect. Perhaps even a dark-colored rain slicker that was somehow left behind by a hunter. It had a slight sheen to it from the soaking rain, and I moved ever closer. I don't think that I was 30 feet away from this thing when suddenly it rose and turned. Well, let me tell you, I damn near jumped out of my skin 
and pointed my rifle squarely at it. Now, this is a difficult thing to describe because I'm looking at what I think may be a raincoat which suddenly lifts as I'm approaching and begins to twist. I took about two steps backward as this coat or cloak completes its turn and then staring at me with a pasty white complexion and the blackest, most expressionless eyes I've ever seen is what appears to be a young boy about four feet tall, if that. He said nothing, staring at me in what I can only describe as the evilest and cold way that I have ever experienced. I was momentarily stunned when I broke the silence saying, what are you doing here? With that, this child or thing waves at me with its arm in a way that said, follow me. I was stunned, but something compelled me to follow at a distance, which I did. This boy was wearing a black cloak that had a hood and it ran down to the ground, kind of dragging along behind him as he walked. I had seen his face under the hood and his forearm when he had waved at me to follow, and his skin was white as chalk, with his eyes looking like those of a great white shark peering out from under the peak of the hood. He was walking ahead of me, not turning so much as once to see if I was following, and I was keeping a distance of about 30 yards at his point at this point, fully expecting something to happen at any moment. Now, you may ask why I was following at all, and that would be a logical thing to say, but all I can say is that I was not fully in control at the time. I felt as though I was being compelled by some strange force to follow, and so I did. I walked for about 20 minutes following at the same distance when the boy suddenly stopped, crouching back down in the very same way as I had initially seen him, and I brought my rifle to bear once again. The forest was deathly silent as I stood and waited with my eyes darting here and there looking for anything to move, fully expecting something to happen at any moment. Ten minutes must have passed when the boy once again rose, turning to face me and extending his arm in a pointing motion up this hill that was to my left. He then turned and walked away into the trees and was gone from view in seconds. A better description would be that of sliding away from me like Gumby in the cartoon. The woods were fairly open where I stood, and he seemed to just vanish as he walked away. It was like he dematerialized before my very eyes. When he vanished, I felt like a spell or something had been broken, similar to coming out from being under anesthesia, and I stood there gathering my thoughts. 
A few minutes had passed, and I lit another cigarette as I approached the point where he had been standing, extending his arm in an easterly direction towards the hill, and I began to look. There was a clear game trail meandering off into the woods, and I slowly began to follow the path heading up the hillside into the trees. When, at about the midway point, I heard a deep grunt to my right coming from the woods. Turning quickly, I saw nothing, as a loud crack emanated from up the trail. And as I quickly spun in response to the crack, there standing in the middle of the trail some 50 feet away was an enormous Sasquatch. As I stood looking up the hill at this beast, it was towering over me. So large was it that to my eyes it seemed to be well over 10 feet tall and its shoulders extended off the trail being obscured by the brush alongside. It was snarling, curling its mouth in a way that said to me, I was a dead man, and I pulled the trigger. It darted off the trail so quickly that it was a blur, and if you ask me, I hit it squarely with one shot. I heard nothing. There were no running sounds, and I'd heard nothing fall to the ground. As I quickly fumbled to chamber another round, I turned to backtrack, and as I did, a roar erupted from the trees in the direction of where I had originally heard the grunt, and some of the trees began to shake violently. This was followed by a scream that sounded something like a witch and someone being murdered by a knife. It was horrific. I fired a second shot into the trees blindly in response to the scream and ran like hell down the slope. The scream kept repeating behind me as I ran, but I wouldn't dare to stop and look. I ran for about 15 minutes nonstop until I had retreated to almost the same spot where I had initially encountered this black-eyed child or creature, and I stopped. I couldn't catch my breath, and I was in a frantic state which words cannot describe. It took about a half hour for me to finally calm down to the point where I was able to walk, and walk I did. No further sounds were coming from the hill, and I saw nothing else on my way out. Having had much time to think about this over the many years, to me this black-eyed child was some kind of hellish fiend sent to lead me to my death at the hands of Bigfoot in the forest. And what the relationship between the two of them is, I have no idea. This Sasquatch was staring at me, and I couldn't distinguish between where its darkened eyes sockets began and where its actual eyes were. They were like two demonic black indentations within its face. Its teeth were yellowed and cracked, with long scraggly hair hanging from its brow and the sides of its head. It was most definitely a male and its body mass was incredible. I don't know how I survived, but I'm here to tell the tale, and now you have heard it for yourself. 
Wow. Bill, you definitely brought the creep today. (laughs) Oh, my God. The resurgence of black-eyed kids in the woods. I was going to ask you, Bill, like, I mean, do you think you're being a little harsh on this black-eyed child calling him some type of evil fiend? I mean, maybe, maybe he just wanted to borrow the telephone. Yeah. Nothing Just to come s- and follow me. Come and follow me into the forest for some trick-or-treating. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to show you where the gates of hell are. Come on. Come on. It's almost Samhain. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking incredible, huh? Wow. That's, that's some tale there. That's, uh, that's amazing. Can you imagine solo hunting, crummy day, and you see what you think is like a slicker draped over a stump or something shimmering from being wet, you know, like a vinyl raincoat or something. Yeah. And then this thing starts to raise up and turn. I mean, I think I would have been already pulling the trigger at that point. I'm thinking, like, (laughs) empty the magazine, and then you're laying on the ground recovering from a heart attack. Yeah, I mean, you know, just like, uh, I, I don't know, man. You know, some, I, I give people credit uh, for having a lot more guts or stupidity uh, than myself in some of these situations. Because why these people hang around uh, is beyond me. Well, and I'll but go further, the- Bill. Generally speaking, you know, I... I can say to the audience, you know, my brother would be quicker to throw some lead in that direction. <laughs> <laughs> Just like ratcheting off shells. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like one of them old Marine Corps movies where one guy climbs out of the trench and just starts banging people. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> More ammo. <laughs> wow that is definitely a yeah. creep fest i went I, I mean just oh fall of 1997 see it might have been right around Samhain. you never know yeah well it was in that uh time of the year no and, doubt about uh, it you know i i just don't get it you know a lot of people uh, including this guy preston axelrod he said he felt like he was in some kind of stupor or being controlled. Uh, this feeling of like anesthesia, which only somebody who had been under anesthesia, I have, uh, would know what it's like mm. coming out of it. You're kind of mm. like in limbo, opening your eyes. You're not, mm. you're looking around, but you're not engaging in any way. You know, you just kind of. Saying like, "Am I up? Am I down? Where am I?" You know. Yeah, not a not a good feeling either. Yeah, well, you know, you're kind of out of control. Yeah. You know, you're you're not ready to go at that point. You know, you're just like, whoa, you know. And what's worse uh, than feeling kind of out of control? Feeling that way after you ran into a black-eyed child. Yeah. What is with these black-eyed kids, man? <laughs> That is nothing to worry about. Just let me in. I just want to borrow your telephone. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Imagine sitting in your car, uh, 
you know, checking a map or something, and all of a sudden there's a knock on a window at night, and you turn your face, and there's two of these little fiends looking at you. Ooh. Hi, mister. Hey. No. <laughs> Tonight is All Hallows Eve. It could happen. <laughs> yeah, not to me. I tell you, I swear to you, if one of those guys comes up near me, I'm going to grab a freaking trash can <laughs> and beat them, beat them down into oblivion with the can. So did you hear that, kids? Don't be dressing up like a black-eyed child yeah. and knocking on my brother's door trick-or-treating. Yeah, yeah. If you see old WJ out there and you're dressed like a black-eyed child, run. Run. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. Happy Halloween to all of you. That is awesome. That is awesome, Bill. That's, that was, uh, you know, my tale was pretty creepy, and yours definitely brought out some additional creep. <laughs> And I always have time for more black-eyed children's stories. <laughs> oh, it's unbelievable. So what do we have, bro, in our I, I'm listener just, I, mail today? Yeah, and I'm just thinking, Bill, what happens if tonight when the doorbell rings and I open the door, there's like five kids there with black eyes? Trick or treat. Yeah, old, Can we yeah, borrow your telephone? <laughs> hey, listen, you don't you don't have that thing still set up this year, right? Where you were running the rope out to the gate with no, the bags no, in the basket? No, no. Okay. I didn't I didn't put it up this year to uh sh- for shooting the candy from the house down to the street. I'm I'm uh I'm uh not so worried about COVID and trick or treaters this year, so yeah, yeah, thank you. But that God. was, and I did it more as like it was fun to build, <laughs> to be true. Yeah. Truth be told. <laughs> All right, well, let's go to the listener mail. We got an assortment this week, Bill. The first one comes in from Chris in Missouri. That's the mm-hmm. next one we're going to work on. Not Missouri, Missouri. And he <laughs> says, uh, Hi, guys. I just started listening to the show a few weeks ago, and I am hooked. I've been binging the shows every day in my car, and I also downloaded Volume 1 of Bigfoot Terror in the Woods. So Uh far, the very first chapter is my fave, The Hairy Man Meets Harry. Boom! Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the Upper Michigan Peninsula story. Yeah. I wanted to ask if you've heard about the new theme park in Branson, Missouri, called the Bigfoot Fun Park. (laughs) I ha- and I hadn't heard of this, Bill. It's pretty cool. He gave us the link. But he says, I was doing some shopping at one of my favorite stores, the huge Bass Pro Shop down here in Springfield, Missouri. And yeah. When, I, yeah, when I came across this brochure that was on the rack with all the brochures for the local tourist attractions, and lo and behold, I see a brochure for the Bigfoot Fun Park. Looks like a fun family attraction. I plan to check it out. Take a look. And it's BigfootFunPark.com. And I did check it out. And it's pretty cool. Like an amusement park with uh, all Bigfoot-themed rides. Which is... Yeah. Until all the lights go out while the rides are going and you find out that the Bigfoot are real. I think they offer a discount to black-eyed children, too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. 
And so thank you, Chris, for writing in. And uh, when you check out the Bigfoot Fun Park, send us some pics. I'm glad you're enjoying Bass Pro Shop as well, one of my favorite stores. Um, Greg writes in, and Greg is the guy who sent us the empty cans of beer. Yeah. (laughs) And he says, I laughed when you said that they had nail holes on the bottom of the cans. And Kevin said, man, I wish they would have been full, but he must have wanted to save on shipping. (laughs) He says, I wish I could have sent them full so you guys could have tasted them. But from what I understand, they won't let you send alcohol in the mail. So I had that's to, a lame excuse. Well, I was going to say, Bill. Fortunately, <laughs> most of our listeners don't follow the rules as well as you, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> but he said, uh, "You may be getting a few here and there in the future. Keep up the good work, my brothers, Greg." <laughs> kind of fun. Yeah, stop teasing yeah. us with empty beer cans, Greg. <laughs> Nobody wants an empty beer, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> And by the way, <laughs> my favorite kind of beer, free beer. Just to be yeah, clear. Nothing like that. Yeah. And by the way, Greg, you can expect a couple of black-eyed kids to show up at your house. Ding dong. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Got any empty beer cans? <laughs> <laughs> I got a little trick for putting those holes in the bottom. First, my fangs. First, can I borrow your telephone? <laughs> All right, and our next note comes in from our friend Michelle in Liverpool, New York. Can you say Liverpool, Bill? Yeah, liver <laughs> in the pool. <laughs> and she says, "Hi guys, it's Michelle from Liverpool, New York. Hope you're both well, and I'm enjoying your shows as always." Hope you can view this clip of a mother Sasquatch carrying a baby. Very interesting. Let me know what you think. And I don't know if you got a chance to look at that YouTube video, Bill. I was expecting it to be the classic um, image of that we've seen of the mother Bigfoot carrying a child Bigfoot or what appears to be that. This was a different one. So that's the good news. It was different. The bad news is, boy, it really looked like a CGI fake to me. I yeah, you know, uh, it was to equally as fake as the first one well, we yeah, saw. Fair enough. Yeah, you, you know, I mean, uh, some of these things to me are so obvious. Yeah, uh, that I don't, I don't even understand how people are duped by them. But a lot of people are like, "Wow, that's cool," you know. Uh, uh, but. I don't know. Some of these things just ring uh, fake right off the first glance. Yeah. Uh, and others, I mean, I get the same feeling like, wow, that is legit on the first glance. You yeah. know, it's just uh, I can't explain that, but it's very much akin to what I say continuously about trusting your instincts when you're in the woods and you feel like something's wrong, something is wrong. Right. And it's that same kind of thing, you know, like when you're making a judgment call about somebody lying to you. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, it's just there. It's innate. I think it takes a little work and practice 
to really be sure uh, of yourself that you can trust it. But uh, it's there, folks. It's in all of us. And when I look at these things, dang fake. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just there. I can't explain it. Could I be wrong? Maybe. But like uh, our brother-in-law Charlie once said, Kev, yeah. once I thought I was wrong, and then I realized I was mistaken. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a Charlieism. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, our next note, talking about trusting your feelings, this comes in from Kelly, and it's uh, they're writing about an old Sasquatch sighting that they had. So it's pretty yeah. interesting. And they write, it was a, the summer of 1989. I was around 15 years old, and me and my friend were playing and laughing in a clearing about 200 yards from an old cemetery. I felt like we were being watched. And then all of the hair on my body stood up. Also a bad sign, right, Bill? Like if you yeah. feel like something and then your hair stands up. But, and then they write, I looked up in the tree line and there was a huge black figure standing there watching us. I didn't know what it was and it saw, uh, and it saw me notice it and it took off crashing through the woods and out of sight. I thought maybe I'd been seeing things. So I walked over there and there were large impressions in the brush and a foul smell in the air. I didn't feel threatened by it. But it was still terrifying to see something of that size. I couldn't make out any features yet, but I and I don't know how long it had been watching us, um, and if it was completely silent before it actually turned up and we saw it. I I just sort of blocked it out of my memory, and it wasn't until much later that I came to the conclusion it had been a Sasquatch. And there was no way that it was a bear, by the way, because it was impossibly large. Kelly. So pretty cool. Thanks yeah, well, thanks for sharing, yeah. Kelly. That's that's pretty cool encounter. Yeah, you don't feel threatened until it runs at you at 40 <laughs> miles per hour and grabs you like a rag doll. <laughs> bam, 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 bam. Yeah, yeah. Flipping you back I and mean, forth by on. your foot. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Wow, man. And we're going to. I don't even know. Can, can oh. you imagine just standing there and having this uh, brief encounter, seeing this monster up in the trees? No. Not interested. Uh, yeah, it's, that's, talk about a freak show. Wow. Mm. Oh, my God. And the stink. Yeah, the stink gives it away, right? Yeah, either that or it's a dirty neighbor, <laughs> some type of filthy animal. <laughs> You mean one of your neighbors that's a filthy animal? Yeah, that's right. Hey, you there. You're a filthy animal. <laughs> All right, our last email in honor of Halloween comes in from Glenda from Massachusetts. My dear Kevin and Bill, can you both just cut the witches of the world a little bit of slack? <laughs> They're not all devil worshippers. And if you cannot be a little more open-minded, can you acknowledge that many innocent women were wrongfully put to death during the witch trials throughout history? Getting ready for our special evening, Glenda. <laughs> so, Glenda, yes, in fact, 
we can acknowledge, like I have before, all you witches out there, that many innocent women were wrongfully put to death during the witch trials throughout history. Okay? So, KJ <laughs> said it again. Put it down in history. Um, and, Bill, can you be a little more open-minded, maybe, of joining a Wiccan and going out into the forest tonight? Absolutely not. Okay. Well, sorry, Glenda. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> but if you come by tonight, Glenda, and you have a nice pointy hat and you smile and say good evening, maybe I'll give you a piece of chocolate. That's fine. <laughs> and maybe not. <laughs> maybe I'll give you a can of dog head beer with two holes punched in the bottom. <laughs> Uh, I'll I'll pass on Greg's magnanimous gift to you. <laughs> hey, you're gonna love this beer. Let me just put it in your bag. <laughs> like like Charlie Brown said, all I got was a rock. Yeah, all I got was a dogman beer with holes punched in the bottom. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. Awesome, Bill. Well, happy Halloween, folks. Thanks for listening. Give us a five-star review when you can. It brings new listeners to our podcast, and that allows us to stay on schedule and keep producing a quality product. Have a good Halloween, and be careful out there. Yes. And remember, if you should be wandering around the woods in Oregon, on a dreary, overcast day, alone. You best remember one thing, my friends. Always carry more gun than you think you're gonna need. Sleep tight and happy Halloween.